0: I would like to invite you today to uh, turn your Bible to the book of Exodus, if you would please, Exodus chapter 19. Find your place there, if you would please. And I've, uh, I've just uh, been watching the, the presidential campaigns and uh, Fox News, and I really need some encouragement today. I really do. I, I'm really impressed by common sense conservatism. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with that. I'm so impressed, I thought I'd just look in the dictionary what it meant, common sense conservatism. Common, according to the dictionary, widespread and unusual. Sense, normal ability to reason. Conservatism, unwilling to change. So it's a general or unusual feeling to do or do not what you want to. That's a common sense conservative. Another definition would be humanism. Hey, we're having fun yet. Somebody's going to say there's something I won't know what it means. So, in the light of everything that's transpiring, everybody's after the uh, evangelical vote. I thought I'd look up and see what evangelical meant. Evidently, don't mean the same thing that I would think it means. According to the dictionary, evangelicalism is. Protestants that emphasize salvation by faith in Christ. Well, I got stumped again. I guess that's common sense, don't you guess? So I thought I'd just bring a message today and kind of clear up a lot of this common sense stuff. I don't think I'll vote common sense. I think I'll vote biblically. Would you tell me a difference between a conservative humanist and a liberal humanist? I'll read for you now because I've got your attention for just a minute, I think. Verse 1 of the book of Exodus, chapter number 19. And I'll try to develop a thought here to where we can be done in about uh, 28 minutes. And the third month, when the children of Israel were gone forth out of the land of Egypt, the same day came they into the wilderness of Sinai. And they were departed from Rephidim and were come to the desert of Sinai and had pitched in the wilderness, and there Israel camped before the mount. Verse 3, And Moses went up unto God. Verse 20 of the same chapter, please. The Bible said, And the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai, On the top of the mount, and the Lord called Moses up to the top of the mount, and Moses went up. Now let's skip over a few chapters to chapter number 32, if that would be all right. These chapters in between are the chapters where Moses met with God on Mount Sinai. Chapter 20, got the Ten Commandments. And chapters 20 through 31, God has given a new nation new laws. A nation needs laws. And God is dealing with this new nation, Israel. And they must have been a little Baptistic, I'm not too sure, but notice verse 1 of chapter number 32, the Bible says, And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, Up, Make us gods, which shall go before us. For as for this Moses... The man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we want not what is become of him. And Aaron said unto them, Break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives, of your sons, and of your daughters, and bring them unto me. And all the people broke off the golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them unto Aaron. And he received them at their hand and fashioned it with a graven tool after he had made it a molten calf. And they said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. And they rose up early on the morrow and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and to drink and rose up to play. The Lord said unto Moses, Go, get thee down, for thy people, which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. I would kind of like to read off the reading there and just bring your attention back to verse 4. The Bible said, He received them of their hand and fashioned it with a graven tool, after he would made it a molten cake, A molten cake. If you and I were to endeavor in the study of God, we would delve into theology. If today we spent our morning studying about christ we would be diving into christology if this morning we spent our time speaking of the holy spirit of god we would be talking about soteriology if this morning we spent our moments discussing the church when it was started who started it and for what purpose it was started we would be talking about ecclesiology. If this morning I spoke to you on the second coming of Christ, I would be speaking to you about eschatology. But this morning I'd like to talk to you about bullology. A lot of what I see and hear today is nothing but a bunch of bull. I'm going to. I had every intention of doing that. Israel, God's chosen people, have been in bondage for 400 and 30 years. They've busied themselves with making brick, constructing the pyramids, and in fear for the life every moment of their day. Over in the book of Exodus chapter 2, something very unusual has taken place. A dead emperor has been born. His name is Moses. They hid him in bulrushes. He grew up and educated in the schools of Egypt. Must have been quite an educational situation, being that today we do not have a machine to put the caprock on the pyramids, but they did it without bulldozers and cranes. We still marvel at the embalming flood that the Egyptians embalmed the mummies with. What an education Moses received at the hands of Pharaoh and his crowd. Adopted by Pharaoh's daughter, raised by his own mother, educated in some of the greatest schools in that time. Come upon a day when he killed an Egyptian and ran for his life and went to the backside of the desert yonder to keep his sheep, and met a young lady and got married. One day while attending his sheep, the most unusual thing transpired. He saw a fire in the desert. A bush began to burn. And it burnt. A couple of days later, it was still burning. A week later, it was still burning. In fact, a year later, it was still burning. You say, how you know that? How you know it wasn't? And Moses said, this is a very unusual bush, and he approached the bush, and something happened unusual. That bush spoke and said, Moses, take off your sandals, the ground that you're standing on is holy ground. And God got his marching orders straightened out right there with Moses. And Moses went back to Egypt and delivered the people of God. After ten long plagues and the battle and the death of the firstborn, Pharaoh let God's people go. Three months has transpired. They come to Mount Sinai. And any time you have a new nation, you need new laws. And God is going to give this nation, Israel, the laws by which she is to live by. by which to approach God by. Morale, moral laws by which to live by. And because Moses has been a little while in the mountain there, the people get kind of impatient. Do you know anybody who ever once in a while gets impatient? Say, God, I'm willing to wait If you do it right now. Why, sure I can pay for that for 80 months. No interest. What you don't know is they already put the interest on up front. And so there comes a time that the people of God begin to gripe and complain, and they want... Watch this now, a new religion. But they don't want to forsake the old religion. They just want a Duke's mixture. And so they go to the associate, Aaron, and says, we want a new God. Now, if you have a new God, They have to decide what they want it to look like. What does our new God look like? These folk needed a new God. Thusly, they needed a new worship. Thusly, they need something tangible, something that they can... C, because they're missing Moses. Maybe they've been worshiping Moses instead of God all along. And now they need a tangible God. And so what we need to do is we need to figure out what the new God is going to look like. Because all of these gods are different. Where should we go? To find what our God is going to look like. Now we go to all kinds of places nowadays to get us a new God. Now the children of Israel, they could have gone to the courtyard to see all the images that they might use. but. You know, if they go to the courtyard, there they'll find the pharaohs, there they'll find the, the senators, there they'll find the representatives. They'll see all the... And they didn't find anything in the courtyard by which they wanted to worship. Now, they could have gone, I guess, to the graveyard because they worshipped pharaohs in those days, and so they should have made them a god to look just like Pharaoh. But no, they did not go to the graveyard, they did not go to the courtyard, and they did not go to the brickyard. They went to the barnyard. In their depravity, in the sinfulness of their nature, they went to the barnyard to find the image of their new God I wonder how low can you sink to say something negative about the Pope or the Pope saying negative about Trump folks you don't have to duck I'm not afraid of the other crowd amen preacher sunk to the level of the barnyard and made them a calf to worship and looked at it and said, this is the God that brought us out of Egypt, which is nothing short of a bunch of bull. And most of what we hear and most of what we do in the disguise of Christianity is nothing short of a bunch of bull. Could I please show you? Because look like you want to be shown. Watch this. What is the characteristics of bullology? False religion. What is the identifying marks? First of all, it is a convenient religion. Verses 1 through 3. Convenient. What's this. And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, they don't know. Moses must not have a wristwatch. Dear God, Moses, you know what time it is? You know what time the game starts? Moses, we got things to do, man. You don't understand. I'll watch a golf game that's four hours long, but Moses, 45 minutes at church? Church? Well, preacher, hurry up. I've got an appointment. You shouldn't have. This is the Lord's Day. Can you say amen? amen? You say, well, preacher, what are you talking about? A bunch of bull. Just a bunch of bull. What if when we get to heaven, God looks at our Christians and says, it ain't nothing but a bunch of bull. Well, at least it's convenient. Convenient? Religion, that's what it was. See, they didn't have time to wait on God. The Bible says that Moses delayed his coming. The people took matters in their own hands. Said, bless God, we have got a schedule. And Moses, you need to fit into our schedule. We don't fit into God's. You have got to fit into ours. A convenient religion does not require man to wait on God. The Bible said they that wait upon the Lord shall renew what? Their strength they shall mount up with wings of eagles. They shall run and not be weary and shall walk and not be faint. In the book of Acts, God says go up to Jerusalem and wait until you be doed with power. If God waited an hour to empower this place, none of us would get any power because we'd be gone 45 minutes. God, you better come on our schedule or you forget it. It's an amazing thing to me that we have, might have the possibility of falling into this same kind of religion that God called just a bunch of bull. Convenient religion. It didn't require any commitment of soul. What's this now. All it required was a little gold. That's so. all. All it took to make their God was a little gold. No soulish commitment, superficial commitment, emotional commitment. I wonder all the folks who's looking for the evangelical vote, I wonder if they're in church this morning. I wonder if they're like that crowd, I love God, but I don't see the need for church. I'm too busy for church. Uh, I don't have time for church and I don't need church. I can be spiritual without church. Yeah, and you can lie without it too. A Christian that does not need church is like a body that does not need oxygen. If we're not so very careful. We will be falling into this trap of a convenient religion only requiring a contribution. And uh, But I think to God it's just maybe a bunch of bull. Because the Bible said that Christ loved the church and did what? Gave himself for it. Feed the church over which the Holy Ghost would make you overseers and feed one that Christ has died for i just don't think we ought to try to make it convenient for everybody amen I just don't think i'm going to fall into that seeker-friendly bunch and try to treat you as customers I think maybe we'll just fall into that satisfied savior bunch and we'll all just do what he wants done instead of acting like it's just a bunch of bulls Uh, could I give you another identifying mark? Maybe I found it down through here. It was a compromising religion. Someone said the other day that Brother Barter is just too simple to change. I have no idea what they meant by that. I think it, it hurt my feelings. I'm not too sure. But it was a compromising Religion, Verse 1, make us gods. Make us gods. Verse 4, and received them at their hand and fashioned it with a graven tool after he'd made a molten calf. Verse 6, and rose up early on the morrow and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and to drink and rose up. To play a compromising religion, the imagination of man merged with the revelation of God in verse number one. Imagination. I Was talking to someone recently, and they said uh, to me, "Preacher, explain to me, heaven is it a, is it a, is it a state of being? Is it?" Uh, a spiritual? Is it intellectually? Is it psychic? What is heaven? I said, well, there's real people there. There's real buildings there. There's real streets there. Maybe it might be literal. The imagination of man. Ever learning, never coming to the knowledge of truth. Always looking for a new thing. And the people of God now has imagined that God, that intangible God that they cannot see, is made in the fashion of a calf. And they have made them their own little God, but they're not going to forsake God because they built an altar God. And tomorrow they're going to have a feast for God, but they're going to come wagging their bull along as they come to church. It's a compromising religion, compromising with the world, compromising with education, compromising with everything in the world. May I say the image of the calf, they merged with the nature of God. It was a religion of sight and not of faith. Can you say amen? For they that come to God must believe that he is. Is that not so? And that is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Ladies and gentlemen, I may not see it, but if God said it, it's true. And I don't need any more evidence of that. It's just going to work. You say, well, what happens if God tells you to run and jump through that wall? It'll be up to God making the hole. And if he don't, I hope he gives me enough speed to make one myself. Amen. Come on now. We're talking about faith. We're talking about, we're talking about biology. We're talking about what kind of Christianity do you have? Trump's a Presbyterian. I wanted to ask him to spell it. Everybody's saved. Hillary's saved. I don't know about Sanders. Cruz is saved, Marco's saved, Pope is saved, Baptist's saved, except Bill. Maybe he is too. But I want to ask you something. You want a preacher for president or a president for president? You, you, we elected one Baptist. He's as sorry as president I remember, except the one that made. Let's go on to the next page, please. asking, preach who are you going to vote for. Khrushchev. I don't know what's going to happen. I do. The same God that ran it last year is still in charge next year. Can you say amen? And if God can have us survive eight years of what we've had, we're going to slide through the next ones. You see, I believe in theology, not bullology. I believe the one who's separated and parted the Red Sea is not out of parting business. And I believe the one that drowned Pharaoh can fix some of our politicians too. So I'm just going to leave everything in his hands, and I'm going to quit worrying about who's saved, who ain't saved, who's evangelical, and who the Pope's going to get saved next time, and who's going to build the wall, and who's going to tear down the wall, and who's going to pay for the wall. Thank you, please. I'm just going to trust God to do it all. Now I'm going to watch Hoot Gibson and Randolph Scott educational programs. One thing about bullology, it's a compromising religion. The, immoral, the immorality of man was merged with the service of God. You can look across your page at chapter 19 and you'll find there what an ugly. Sight it was. Notice, if you would please, verse verse 17, and Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, and he said unto Moses, There is a noise of war in the camp. No, nope, we're just having a contemporary service, Joshua. And he said, It's not the voice of them that shout for mastery' Neither is it the voice of them that cry for being overcome, but the noise I hear, that same do I hear. It came to pass as soon as he came nigh to the camp that he saw the calf and the dancing. And Moses' anger waxed hot. Verse 25, and Moses saw that the people were naked for Aaron had made them naked under the shame among their enemies a compromising religion my soul since I've been preaching over these few years things sure gone downhill Amen. Amen. And we're labeled as being old-fashioned, narrow, and legalistic. I think I'll just stay old-fashioned and legalistic. It was a counterfeit religion, verse 4 and 5. Counterfeit. What's this? Counterfeit. Everything's got a church sign. It's not a church. And he received them at their hand and fashioned it with a graven tool and made it a golden calf, a molden calf. And when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made proclamation. said, tomorrow is the feast to the Lord. I wonder how many of us waggle our little idols with us to the church house. I wonder how many of us has already scheduled God out of the rest of the day. After all, we give him 30 minutes already today. A compromise in Convenient, counterfeit. They claim to know God without obedience to Him. The Bible said it is better to obey than to sacrifice. You say, preacher, why would you preach this way? Because I want you on God's side. I don't want your kids to look at you and say, all oh, our Christianity is just a bunch of bull. Mama and daddy talks good but not do good. Amen. A corrupting religion, a convenient religion, a compromising religion. They claim the deeds of God without allegiance to him. Well, let me say to you, I want to close because it looks like you need me to. Lastly, it was a corrupting religion. Corrupting religion. change your style of worship, it won't be long till you'll be changing your book. And when you change your book, you'll have to change your message. When you change your message, you'll have to change your methods. And you get on that slippery slope downhill and it won't be long till your church will be just like the world. All because you mingled your bullology with your theology. And let me help you, young couple, that won't work. That will not work. It was a corrupting rigid. The worship became fleshly and emotional and empty. Wasn't enough just dancing around the bull. Could I ask you, and I don't want to make anybody upset, you know that. In the light of where the nation of Israel just left, and they had been down there for 430 years, And the testimony of the book of Psalms talks about how can God's people sing the songs of Zion in a strange land. What kind of music would you suggest that they use in bullology? since they have been in Egypt 430 years and since Egypt is populated by Hamites you're either Shemite Japhethite or Hamite what kind of music do you think whooped this crowd of Jews into such a panic and such a orgy that they begin to rip their clothes off in a religious ceremony before the altar of God in front of a graven cave. What kind of music? Do you think it had any kind of beat to it? Do you think they were listening to the words or the beat? Do you think the message was in the lyrics or in the rhythm and the beat? Something has moved this crowd from following theology, and they begin to worship a convenient kind of religion that caused them to compromise their standards and their convictions till it totally corrupted their behavior. Am I about halfway right? Well, I don't see many amens. We better be careful. You say, Preacher, what are you talking about? Oh, I read in the New Testament this morning. Just happened to find this. What's this? This is First Corinthians 10. I read for you verse number 6. Now these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Neither be ye idolaters, as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Paul says, Joshua, be careful. Church, be careful. Are you listening? Is your convenient religion going to keep you home tonight? How about Wednesday night? Well, it won't hurt anything compromise the service or two. It won't anything mix my job with my religion a little bit. Preacher, I'm going to get mad at you. They got mad at Moses. They really did. Theatrics replaced theology. Jim. sessions replace prayer meetings passivity replace preaching but I wonder what do you think God thinks of it what do you think God thinks of Sunday morning Christians only Convenient, maybe? Well, that's my message. Sorry I didn't have a joke to close it off by. But what I've been talking to you about is no joke. You watch your election. Everybody's wanting our vote. Everybody's wanting the evangelical vote. Everybody's wanting us to vote. I think I'll just vote for God. Amen. Preacher, what should we do? I think everybody knows what they'll do. I know what Moses did. And Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Who? Is on the Lord's side? Verse 26. Who is on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. Maybe God wants us to find out today and let him know who's on the Lord's side. Let's go and this is going to get rougher and rougher as we go on. Who's on the Lord's side? And then God said, and Moses said unto Consecrate yourselves today to the Lord, even every man upon his son and upon his brother, that he may bestow upon you a blessing this day. I don't want God to look at me and say all of his Christianity is nothing but a bunch. Feel the same. Believe me, God knows, does he not? He said, come unto me all ye laboring, and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Are you glad of that? We're going to open the invitation and the altars this morning. I think we will to have an old-fashioned revival. I think some of us need to kick the bull out and get back to God. Amen? Just flat, get back to God. Isn't it easy to make an excuse for not being what God wants us to be?